0: Arc of Direction An Astrological Tale by Junius B. Smith. From Weird Tales, June 1925. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman. He scoffed at the signs in his horoscope. An arc of direction by junius b smith the young man cast the stub of his cigarette from the open window and laughed your theories are absurd my dear elton if a man could always tell when to sow and when to reap his fortune would be assured exactly elton agreed fingering the pages of the book on astrology which he evidently had been perusing when the other came in after a moment he continued naturally you don't believe one may look into the future if you want my candid opinion I do not I may say I will have a coffee for breakfast but I'm not certain of it I may be dead when breakfast time comes he rolled another cigarette and set it alight I may not even finish the smoke in my mouth he added as he tossed the still blazing match out the window elton viewed the act with a little frown upon his face i'm afraid friend hall that to you fate will be fate indeed for you act without due thinking for instance how do you know where that cigarette stub went or the match which followed it for all you know it may have struck tender and i may be seeking accommodations tonight Tut, tut, there's nothing outside but some vines running up the wall, as they do over at my place, and some flowers and grass on the other side of the cement walk. I saw all that the last time you showed me your horticultural skills. You assume there has been no change. You do not really know. The one who trusts in chance has his destiny fixed by the stars. Just when and where were you born? hall took the cigarette from his lips as elton reached for a sheet of paper on which to make the notation you're not really serious old dear surely you don't take any stock in that exploded thing let us talk about something worthwhile. we are doing just that i am curious as to the date of your demise hall shrugged his shoulders poppycock if i didn't know you as a successful businessman i would think something was wrong with your head i don't know but there is anyway a doctor once told me that everybody was crazy on at least one subject nobody ever told me what subject i'm bugs on and i suppose no one knows his pet failing nor believes anyone who tells him so you think you can tell when i'm gonna die that's rich i don't know myself you will if you give me the information i asked by cracky i believe you believe you can tell i'll bet you a quart of pink lemonade against that one lunged fliver of yours that i outwear your dilapidated tires maybe so maybe so i can't tell when you're going to die if you don't tell me where and when you were born in the end hall gave the information asked and now what asked the younger man shall i wait until you diagnose my case or shall i return at some later date just as you like elton replied it involves considerable work so perhaps you'd better call around in a week from now it was a month before hall again visited his friend when he did it was with no intention of learning his fate as foretold by the stars but rather upon another matter. Nor was the subject brought up by him, though what he said directly opened the question. I'm going to be married in September. Elton considered the statement for a moment, but said nothing. Sweetest girl you ever saw, Hall amplified. Still no comment. You're to stand up with me, if you will. It was that that brought me here today. I'm glad you came. Elton at last broke his silence. "'I was about to set forth and find you. Your announcement does not come as a surprise to me, for such an attachment is shown in your horoscope for this time. But,' and he weighed his words carefully, "'if you really want the girl, you had better marry her—immediately. Of course, she might object to being left a widow so soon.' "'Shall I call a doctor for you, Elton?' you talk as if you're sick i'm not sick and i don't need a doctor but in all seriousness friend hall you need a nurse or at least a bodyguard in the very near future for according to my calculations on the tenth of next month unless you do something to prevent it you will most assuredly be hanged hall looked at elton for a full minute then spoke you surely don't believe that bunk If you are joshing, I think you have gone far enough. I was never more serious in my life. According to my calculated arcs of direction— Arcs of what? Hall involuntarily exclaimed. Arcs of direction, planetary angulations we astrologers calculate to tell when the designated result will materialize. Oh, I see. First you tell what is going to happen to a fellow, and then when so i'm going to be hanged on the tenth of next month quick work i haven't killed anybody yet and they don't hang them that soon even if i should go out and kill somebody between now and then oh there are lots of ways in which you might get hanged some over-enthusiastic citizens for instance might string you up to the nearest telegraph pole or convenient limb you wouldn't be the first man who had suffered a vicarious death quit it Elton you're making my nerves jumpy he moved toward the window and looked out I'll miss you greatly Elton replied let me tell the girl all about it maybe she'll marry you at once to take care of you get a bodyguard or do something believe me a fool if you like but don't take a chance fate has an unkind way of pulling mean little tricks you gloomy old cuss you're scaring me out of a year's growth you look as if you were attending my funeral already the tenth of the following month came and hall had taken no precautionary measures every time he thought of what elton told him he felt sorry for elton his mind was undoubtedly slipping pity too genius and insanity are very close together he lay in a bed and looked up at the ceiling and pondered about what his friend had told him this was the day he was to be hanged he never felt any further from death than he did that very minute of course he might walk out on the street and something unforeseen befall him all in all perhaps it were better to remain in his home all day in bed even only that seemed plumb foolish On second thought, he would remain indoors. There was no use taking chances, as Elton had pointed out. There was nothing he had to do, so he might as well do it at home as elsewhere. Of course, Elton had wanted him to provide a bodyguard, some sort of companion, who would cut him down, perhaps. But that was beside the question. What need did he have for a bodyguard? The bodyguard might hang him his mind began all sorts of queer gymnastics he was nervous in spite of himself he crawled out of bed when the sun shining through the open window drove him to it after a shower he slowly dressed suddenly an idea hit him elton so cocksure i'm going to die today i believe i'll phone him and tell him to come over that's killing two birds with one stone he'd make an excellent bodyguard that is if he isn't crazy and we can play chess which will while the hours away Yep, I'll get him on the phone immediately and he did was just coming over anyway Elton told him Hall made some toast and poached an egg his appetite wasn't very keen living alone in a two-story house and doing his own cooking when not eating in a cafeteria was getting monotonous to say the least He was glad he was to be married in September. It would be different when he had a wife to take charge of the home, which had been left him by his parents. His frugal meal finished, he ran upstairs to get his chessboard and men. The sunlight was pouring through the window in added volume. It was too beautiful a day to be cooped up. But he'd forget all about that when he and Elton got to playing chess he decided he might as well make his bed while waiting for elton and busied himself in that occupation then he went to the open window and looked out elton should be coming any minute now speeding autos flashed to and fro the honk of an occasional horn sounded warning an old horse pulling a still older express wagon rattled past the driver hunched on his seat a bicycle or two added variety and men women and children sauntered hurried or ran along the walks according to what each was intent upon doing hall wondered if any of those down upon whom he was looking would turn aside long enough to hang him his face lighted with a rather amused smile he'd have to talk to the doctor about elton it wasn't good for a man to get such crazy notions into his head his eyes drifted to his immediate yard a bird cooed and scolded its fledglings in an evergreen tree not a dozen feet away he watched it feed its young a hummingbird whizzed past his face its invisible wings fanning the air with great rapidity from flower to flower it darted on the creeping vines beside the house he watched it lazily fascinated by its beauty its daintiness the music of its flight was it possible that he in the midst of life was on the threshold of death into his reverie broke the hum of a motor strangely familiar to his ears it was Elton's car he had no doubt he strained his eyes to catch sight of it and confirmed his guess then he turned to go downstairs and let Elton in On the morning of the tenth Elton became very uneasy he was sincere in what he told his friend Hall he feared however that Hall would disregard the warning and come to disaster since in most likelihood Hall would not provide himself with a bodyguard why not be that bodyguard himself so Elton reasoned it was precisely at the time when he made up his mind to attend Hall all that day that hall telephoned him he got his car from the garage and inspected the right front tire concerning which hall had been kidding him on more than one occasion it was about ready to go out but this was no time to change it he could do that when he got to hall's place or later or let it go until it did blow out he was just slowing as he drew close to hall's residence to make the turn into the driveway on the north side of the house when the tire went out with a loud bang he turned into the driveway on the rim stopped and quickly changed the tire he might as well get it over with before going into the house so he could wash up when he did go in the tire changed he went to the front door and pushed the bell no answer came he knocked long and loud Still no answer. Worried at the silence, he started along the cement path that led to the rear around the south side of the house, and paused to stand aghast at what he saw when he turned the corner. As Hall turned, with intention of leaving the open window to admit his friend, the latter's tire had exploded. Hall, whose nerves were jumpy as a result of his friend's dire foreboding, started lost his balance and fell backward out the window he clutched at the vines held to the side of the wall by metal netting but they gave and tore away and let him continue to fall and then one more tenacious than the rest held but it wrapped its sinuous length around his neck he fought and clutched the wire-like fiber but the noose slipped only tighter he was almost dead when elton cut him down the end of an arc of direction by junius b smith